Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Court Finance here at Zacks. I'm your host, Ben Rains, And today we're taking a look at two top stocks to consider buying in September to help fight inflation. The two stocks we're looking at today are ExxonMobil and Costco. But before we get into everything, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And make sure to check out our zacks.com slash promo page for a look into some of our services, portfolios, and more. So before we jump into the couple stocks we're going to dive into today, it's worth just going over Wall Street's flip-flopping attitudes towards its inflation bet, and then we'll dive in a little bit of what Powell and the Fed plan to do. So the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ last week ended their four-week winning streaks, and then stocks tumbled uh, the beginning of this week on Monday. Uh, things have calmed down a bit since then, but then again, we saw some big selling as the market finally uh, read over, watched all of Powell's speech this morning out of Jackson Hole. So we had the NASDAQ down about 2.5% the last time I looked, and the S&P 500 was down about 2% the last time I looked. So obviously, some of the selling just makes intuitive sense as Wall Street decided it was time to take home some profits after that blistering two-month run off those mid-June lows. But then the recent drop comes as Wall Street's really recalibrating its inflation bet or that peak inflation bet where they were betting that the Fed wouldn't have to do much more and that things were going to start to cool off. So the Fed's rate hike efforts, along with Wall Street's expectations for long-year running inflation, uh, sent 10-year Treasury yields soaring all the way to 3.5% back in the middle of June, up from about 1.7% at the start of 2022. Uh and the Fed was that was as the Fed decided they needed to do everything they could to try to bring down inflation. And then kind of things changed pretty quickly. So oil started to fall off its $120 peaks uh, and 10 year Treasury started to slide and stocks started to run off. That's basically what happened over the last two months. And things have changed pretty quickly since then. So the Fed is once again, this morning has said, and Jay Powell has said, they're going to do all they can to bring down prices. And the, the peak inflation bet was still kind of strange since it was based on June and July being flat. But July prices were still up 8.5% from the year ago. And there was really no sign of anything completely slowing down when you had a uh, 50-year low unemployment and still a strong, uh, like, growth everywhere it seems like besides everything so it was a strange bet to be making and once again the market's now reacting to the fact that powell and the fed are going to be sticking by their plan he said this morning that we will bring down inflation they will also bring pain to households and businesses uh he said at that jackson hole symposium those are the unfortunate costs of reducing inflation, but a failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain. So Powell has continued to say that he is willing to cause some pain on the growth and the jobs front in order to tamp down inflation and get it off these 40-year highs. So we could see another either half-point raise or 75 basis point raise at that next meeting uh, in Late September, the meeting is on the 20th, so there could be a lot of uncertainty until then. Uh, you will have the August CPI come out before that, but at the moment, it just seems like inflation is still going to be here uh, for the foreseeable future, and the Fed is going to do all they can, even though there's lots of things that are out of their control uh, to help bring prices down to more stable levels. So with this all in mind, it's definitely worth considering buying stocks that are able to 
do well in the face of inflation. The general rule of thumb is to look for sectors and stocks that consumers really can't do without uh, and companies that, yeah, just can thrive. They pay dividends. They have, they've been stable uh, in the recent past. They've outperformed so far this year. So energy, utilities, healthcare, consumer staples, those are really those indispensable parts of the economy. And in fact, energy, utilities, and utilities are the only two of the S&P 500 sectors that are in the green so far in 2022, with consumer staples coming in essentially flat with everything else uh, sector-wise posting rather large declines. So with this in mind, the first stock up today we're going to look at is ExxonMobil, which trades on the ticker XOM. So Exxon posted another blockbuster quarter in Q2, generating roughly $17 billion in free cash flow. Uh, the U.S. oil titans' earnings and estimates continue to soar, driven by strong oil prices, streamlined business operations, and beyond. Uh, Exxon's outlook remains impressive, even though oil prices have cooled off, uh, and its valuation and dividend payment help make it worth considering as part of a diversified longer-term portfolio and uh, for inflation in September and beyond. So we're going to jump into just everything else about Exxon. So Exxon is one of the largest publicly traded energy providers and chemical manufacturers in the world with a diverse portfolio that really helps drive modern economies. You can say all you want about the, the green revolution and it's continuing to happen and there's lots of investment. But at the moment, a lot of the world's cheap energy is coming from hydrocarbons. So Exxon runs upstream operations with oil and natural gas exploration, development all around the world. The firm's also a leading refiner and marketer of petroleum products. These segments are poised to remain Exxon's lifeblood for the foreseeable future. That said, the executive team is, of course, focused more than ever on diversifying and seeing what's next in terms of energy and uh, fuel. So these efforts include product solution segments that aim to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions, plastic waste, developing uh, other lower emission fuels, chemical performance products, and next generation lubricants and plastics, because a lot of other things come from uh, hydrocarbons and oil. Exxon's also actively investing in hydrogen technology, biofuels, and other lower emission fuels. On top of that, it's continuing to make progress on its carbon capture technology and the carbon storage fronts. Now we're going to move on to the larger trend in oil and energy over the last decade and then kind of what's happened more recently. So oil and energy experienced a rough stretch during the 2010s as oil and natural gas production in the U.S. boomed. Part of the energy sector's decline was due to a large increase in supply, which was driven by the advent of fracking and other technological improvements. And at the same time, there was a really big push towards renewable Renewables that saw Wall Street kind of avoid investing in the space in general. Uh, we're still seeing some of that pushback. So the so-called lost decade for oil and gas companies forced Exxon and many others to reevaluate kind of every aspect of their business, slimming down operations, running things far more efficiently than ever. And those cost-cutting measures now are paying off in a huge way amid the rebounding oil and energy prices. And Exxon is, as we mentioned, investing in that lower carbon future and green energy boom. Uh, but they're also continuing to do what they do best, which is that core business. Uh, and we've seen with the Russian invasion of Ukraine just how important uh, oil and natural gas markets are and how fragile some of these supply chains can be. Just think of all the countries in Europe right now that are worried about energy shortages and they're now storing up and rationing to prepare for the winter. 
so there's still a big place for Exxon's business model in the current economy. And we've seen a big rebound in energy prices, obviously, as demand storms back in the U.S. and beyond, even as the economy slows. We're seeing travel, especially air travel, mount a really serious comeback. So all of this is starting to see things slowly return to those pre-COVID levels. And then once China starts to uh, grow again, that that could really help the market as well. So all of this happened as China kind of still is waiting to get out of that COVID fog it's in at the moment. So now we're going to jump more to Exxon's uh, revenue and earnings and finish out with some other fundamentals. So Exxon is the largest U.S. oil company by market cap. It's over $400 billion dollars. Uh, at the moment, and it reported strong growth in 2021 and record historic strength in the first half of 2022, driven by soaring oil and energy prices. It saw crude climb above $120 a barrel at one point. Exxon posted a record quarterly profit in Q2 with adjusted earnings up 276%, uh, driven by record refining margins. As you mentioned, they've just gotten much better at doing their business with much lower costs. Uh, so it's FY22, excuse me, FY2022 and fiscal 2023 consensus earning estimates have extended their March hires following that late July report. Uh, it's 2022 EPS estimate is now 24% higher over the last 60 days alone and up way farther since the beginning of the year with 2023 up uh, double digits as well. This bottom line positivity helps in land a Zach's rank number one strong buy at the moment. Meanwhile, its revenue soared 57% last year, uh, and looking ahead, we're calling it to do another 51% growth on the top line to hit $431 billion uh, to help it post 136% stronger earnings. And at the moment, Exxon sales and earnings are projected to pull back off those big levels in 2023, but... The expected year-over-year dip hardly signals a huge economic slowdown, and its earnings revisions, as I said, continue to trend higher and higher. And gas prices, though they're off those lows, have remained pretty stable around those $90 levels. Uh, also, its uh, industry is in the top 8% of over 250 Zacks industries at the moment, so that shows how strong the whole sector's earnings revisions are. Uh, its strong year last year helped to repay about $20 billion in debt or most of the total debt that it borrowed during that initial pandemic downturn. Uh, the company's ratio of net debt to capital dropped 13%, which should help it thrive, even as I said, oil is hovering around $90 a barrel. So that reduced debt load and high margins are also helping it returns tons of value to shareholders. Uh, it said earlier this year that it would triple its share repurchases while slightly increasing its oil field spending production. Uh, its dividend yield sits at 3.5% at the moment, and it provides really solid income uh, that tops the highly ranked – it's a highly ranked industry's average. Uh, or I should say it, it roughly matches its highly ranked industry's average at the moment and crushes the 10-year U.S. Treasury, which is back on the rise, and the S&P 500. It's 1.4%. And then in terms of its price performance, its shares are up 150% in the last two years versus its industry's 95%, and the S&P 500 is 20%. And this includes a roughly 60% surge in 2022 versus industry 35% climb. Uh, Exxon had a big pullback uh, in early June off those highs, and it's bounced back pretty significantly since then. And it's had some strong support at some key technical levels over the last year. 
And then despite this climb, and this is probably the best part so far, is that Exxon is still trading at a 40% discount to its year-long highs and about 8.9 times forward earnings. This also marks a roughly 20% discount to its year-long median and not too far off its lows, not only over the last 12 months, but over the past 10 years as well. So some really strong value and some great dividends along with the ability to continue to uh, outpace inflation in the rest of 2022. And now we're going to close with Costco, which trades on the ticker COST, so cost. The membership-based big box retailer has really thrived for years and years and years, and it was really impressive during the pandemic, and it's been really impressive in 2022 amid all of this inflation that everyone is rightfully very upset about at the moment. It's eating into everyone's uh, wage gains, and it's it's factoring in everywhere across the economy. So Costco is really pretty unique in the retail world with its most direct competitor probably being Walmart's Sam's Club, uh, but Costco is much bigger. The company offers people and businesses various levels of annual memberships. So you pay a membership and then you can shop. You, you can't shop there without a membership card. So you pay fees uh, in order to enter those big warehouse style stores that are known for those large quantities and low prices. So its standard cardholder membership fee is $60 annually. You get two cards. This membership, excuse me, this membership fee helps drive their bottom line higher and helps them avoid raising costs too much, which is obviously great during inflation. It'll continue to have more people want to go to Costco and looking to save money. I mean, you hear that thing all the time. They still have that $1.50 hot dog soda combo that their CEO is really adamant about keeping, and it just shows how much their membership fees do help them keep costs down. It's really a one-stop shop for everything. You can buy everything from fresh fruit and meat and beer to clothing and patio furniture and TVs and even diamond engagement rings there. Uh, they've also expanded their same-day delivery services and, uh, and other e-commerce options. So at the end of Q3, in terms of their membership, uh, they had about 65 million paid households and 117 million cardholders total. Uh, both were up 6% year over year. And then in terms of its executive memberships, which are uh, $120 compared to that standard $60 fee, there was uh, 28 million of those, which was an increase of about 800,000 during uh, the 12 weeks since just the end of Q2. So really impressive growth there. And those are geared towards maybe people like who operate a small business and stuff like that. And those executive members now represent over 43% of the membership base, and they account for 71% of total worldwide sales, which is huge. So it's good rate to see that growth in just one quarter alone. Historically, the firm has raised their fees, so those membership fees, every five to six years, with the last three increases coming on an average about five and a half years apart. So the last one came in June of 2017. So there could be one coming soon enough, which would then obviously help with margins and fight inflation again for the company. And people probably wouldn't uh, consider it too much since you're paying that for the year. It's not like that's a monthly cost. So you would, maybe if it goes up by five or 10 bucks, you don't care as much because you're still getting those great deals at Costco. So then in terms of its uh, revenue performance, the company posted a strong fiscal 2021. And that was the period that ended last August. So it's about to report its Q4 results at the end of September with revenue up 18%. And that was its best top line growth in the last 20 years. 
which is pretty impressive since that came on top of about 9% average revenue growth between 2017 and 2020. And then looking ahead, we're calling for another 15% revenue growth this year to get all the way up to about $226 billion, and then another 9% growth on top of that. So even outpacing inflation there, or at least keeping with inflation, if you're talking about just growth uh, with prices up by 8.5%. And then on the bottom line, we're calling for 18% growth this year and then another 9.4% adjusted earnings growth next year. The company has consistently beat our bottom line estimates, beat by an average about 10% in the last four quarters. And its earnings revisions have climbed since its last report to help it land a Zach's ranked number two buy right now. And it discount retail store spaces in the top 30% of over 250 Zach's industries. With that said, the stock has not performed as well, obviously, as ExxonMobil, which few companies have so far in 2022, but it's only down about 4% in 2022 versus industry's 10% drop in the market's 14% climb, or excuse me, slide. And in terms of the last 10 years, it's been really impressive. So the stock's up about 450% versus the market's 190%, Target's 155%, and the industry's 280%. So up 450 versus which everyone's fallen in love with Target. Target's only up 155% during the last 10 years. And a lot of that that big pullback didn't help Target, obviously. And Costco's really maintained things, even as Walmart and Target and others like Dollar Tree suffer more recently. And its current average price target still offers 5% upside to its current levels. And that said, uh, Wall Street has definitely been willing to pay up for the stock, and it has been for the last decade. Obviously, its business model helps it have that stability and those high margins and keeping customers coming back and back and back. So it's trading at about 38.5 times forward earnings, which you could say is very high for a retail stock, but it's below its highs of about 44 over the last uh, couple of years. And as I said, Wall Street's just been willing to pay for it. So if 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 that's been a, it's been trading like a huge premium to the whole discount retail sector for the last decade, and it clearly that there's a reason why. Uh, and still, 13 of the 19 brokerage recommendations that Zach's has are strong buys, with two more buys and nothing below a hold. And its dividend, uh, it's not yielding super high, but it's uh, yielding about uh, 0.66% at the moment. And the retailer is set to report, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's Q4 and annual 2022 results on September 22nd. So overall, it might be worth considering both Costco and ExxonMobil as these inflation fighting bets and then longer term uh, holds as part of a diversified portfolio. So that does it for another episode of Full Court Finance. Until next time, I'm your host, Ben Rains. And remember, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot us an email over at podcast at zax.com. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.